Many people are using the FaithFi app to help provide the wisdom, community, and money management to stay on track, financially speaking. To date, over 37,000 members are using its digital envelope system, participating in our community forums, and engaging in virtual workshops. And one of the most convenient features is the ability to keep all your accounts in one place for an easy at-a-glance view. You can choose from one of three options depending on your management style, and it's available on desktop or mobile. Go to faithfy.com and click App to get started. From hats in the hall closet to bats in the belfry, we can help you save money on the basics. Hi, I'm Rob West. Today, we'll offer you a few common sense strategies for saving money on three of the basics, clothing, utilities, and home maintenance. Then we'll take your calls at 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. This is Faith and Finance, biblical wisdom for your financial journey. Well, managing your money wisely doesn't have to be complicated. A simple spending plan can help you keep track of what comes in and what goes out. But what about the necessary things like clothes, energy, and shelter? If you feel like these expenses are out of control, we'd like to help you today. Let's start with clothing. In this category, the temptation is to buy whenever there's a sale or to chase after the latest styles or both. When you have kids, and especially teenagers, you have the added problem of sizes changing all the time, not to mention another set of opinions on what's cool. Well, here's how to keep your family's wardrobe looking sharp for less. First, you don't have to buy new. Instead, visit local thrift stores where you'll find deals on current styles as well as wardrobe basics. If you have kids, this is where you'll save. Teenagers might push back on this, but give them a budget and challenge them to find something they like. They'll enjoy having a bit of freedom in the matter and seeing how far their money can go. If you do shop retail, use coupons and loyalty programs to get discounts. Consider consignment stores, too. You'll find stylish clothing there, and when you're done with your gently used items, you can trade them in for cash or a discount. That's money back in your clothing budget. Next, try rethinking your closet. What I mean is, instead of filling it with clothes and shoes that you'll wear only once or twice, think multi-purpose. A good pair of slacks can take you to work or church. A neutral skirt can work for an interview or an evening out. You get the idea. Uh, The goal is to have a few high-quality basics that can do double duty in your wardrobe. Focus your spending on that core wardrobe and then let your accessories and thrift store add-ons provide color and variety. Okay, our next category for saving is utilities. The first strategy is to buy energy-efficient appliances. I'm not saying you should replace all your existing appliances at once, but when it's time to put in a new washing machine, choose one that costs less to run. While you're at it, you may be able to find a deal on a scratch-and-dent appliance. Another way to save money on energy costs is by using LED lighting. Uh, When you need to replace a bulb, it's worth the extra cost up front to buy LEDs. They'll pay for themselves over time with longer life and more energy efficiency. 
Next, check with your utility company about rebates for installing energy-efficient systems in your home. Uh, You might get money back for installing an electric hybrid water heater, for instance, or putting in a smart thermostat. Your power company will have details about rebates on their website. A simple way to reduce your energy bill is by unplugging appliances, turning off electronics, and adjusting your thermostat, especially when you're not at home. All right, our last money-saving category is home maintenance. If you own a home, you can't just assume all is well. Like a car, your home needs regular attention just to keep it functioning smoothly. Ignoring this might not cause a breakdown on the highway, but it can result in very expensive repair or replacement costs. For instance, dirty filters can make your heating and air conditioning system work much harder, which makes it wear out sooner. For plumbing, be aware of possible pipe leaks, or dripping faucets. Avoid overflow problems by having your septic tank pumped out regularly. If you have one, you get the idea. Heating and air conditioning is one of your home's most important systems, so don't ignore that either. Have your HVAC system checked at least once a year to make sure it's operating at maximum efficiency when you need it most in summer and winter. Second, do an annual check of the caulking around your windows, doors, and light fixtures. Install new weather stripping around doors and windows if necessary. If your home feels too warm in the summer and too cold in the winter, even after you've sealed the air leaks, you may need more insulation. Again, check with your power company about rebates for that. While I'm talking about home maintenance and insulation, let me ask you, when was the last time you checked under your roof? If you have an unused attic space, make sure it's not becoming a home for critters. If you've got wildlife guests in the attic, it'll take a professional to get them out and seal the space, but don't put that off. Aside from the sanitation issues, rodents can chew on electrical wiring, which makes them a fire hazard. All right, I hope we've given you some practical ideas today. Your calls are next. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Have you downloaded the Faith by app yet? You need to do that today because this is going to make your life easier. Yes, you can manage your money through the in-app envelope feature, but also plan out future goals. I want to buy a house in five years and I'm on track to do that. Here's also what I like. You can connect with people around the country. It's like social media, but better. Ask a question, get an answer and share what you're learning about money and investing. So why don't you grab your phone right now and download the FaithFi app? Absolutely free. We know you've learned to be suspicious of those words, but really, you can get biblical financial wisdom delivered to your inbox each week absolutely free. Articles, videos, podcasts, and special offers on biblical resources. Nearly 60,000 people receive our free weekly wisdom email, and you can too. Create your free FaithFi account by going to faithfi.com and click sign up to begin receiving weekly wisdom in your inbox. Welcome back to Faith and Finance. I'm Rob West. Heading back to the phones to take your calls. Let's head to Florida. Hi, Linda. Go right ahead. Hi. Um, thank you for taking my call. I have a credit card that's about $12,000, and my income uh, is Social Security, only 1100 a month. And I'm wondering if I can get the interest rate down on that or what I can do to... Uh, I don't know. Help. I need help. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I understand that, Linda, especially on a fixed income. I know that can be challenging. Let me ask you, um, the what led to the debt in the first place? And do you feel like you've been able to stop whatever got you to this point so that we wouldn't be adding to it in the future? Yeah, I, I can stop using it. I think I used it the other day by accident, but I just pulled out the wrong card and, you know, but anyway. Um, yeah. Okay. I, I guess I, what I want to make sure of is that typically when there's credit card debt, it's just living beyond your means. And I understand living on a fixed income is challenging. So if that's the case and you've not made the changes in your spending plan to be able to eliminate the use of that credit card for unbudgeted purchases, then I would say you know, we need to address that first. But if it was a one-time event that led to it or a, a series of events, or you've kind of already right-sized your budget, then that's that's different. Uh, yeah. I realize that life can be challenging. And I think the key is we just need to make sure, you know, as you work toward getting this paid down and ultimately paid off that to the best of your ability, you try to build up a little bit of a nest egg or an emergency reserve so that when the unexpected comes, we fall back on that. And we don't create this cycle where you're, you know, charging up debt with money you don't have and then paying it down and then charging it up again. And that's going to come with just really trying to limit your spending wherever possible. And again, I realize that's easier said than done. In terms of the answer to your question about how to get this paid off, my preferred approach, especially with, with the amount of debt that you have at 12000 would be what's called a debt management program. You might also hear it referred to as credit counseling. And basically what happens is the account is closed. Now, you could have another account, a debit card, or even another credit card if you wanted to, although, again, I'd be very careful with that. But whatever card goes into the debt management program, the card is closed. You would make one monthly payment through a nonprofit credit counseling agency. We prefer uh, Christian credit counselors. They've worked with hundreds and hundreds of our listeners. And uh, through the lower interest rate, which is what would happen, uh, every credit card company has a reduced interest rate that they offer whenever a card is placed in their credit counseling program. So you'd be able to take advantage of a lower interest rate. And then by sending one level monthly payment combined with that lower interest rate, you'll pay it off through credit counseling 80% faster on average. And I think that would help you, you know, get this going in the right direction without you having to take out a new loan to pay it off or consolidate it or anything like that. Does that make sense? Um, You said christiancounseling.org? Yeah, let me give you to that that to you again. It's Christian Credit Counselors dot org. Oh. Christian Credit Counselors dot oh, you know, Wait, wait, hold on. I <laughs> sure. Let's do this. I'm going to have you stay on the line and my team will get on and make sure you get that exactly the way you need it. But I think that's going to help you accomplish what you're looking for, uh, Linda. So you hold the line and we'll give you that web address when you're ready. Thanks for calling today. Uh, let's see. To Merrillville, Indiana. Hi, Barbara. Go ahead. Hi there, Rob. I first want to say thank you so much for this ministry. Uh, you've been so helpful to so many. My question has to do with final expenses, death and burial, uh, insurance products versus prepaid financial uh, prepaid funeral expenses. What are your thoughts about that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would rather you just save yourself 
as opposed to using insurance and just take what you would have been paying for an insurance policy and just continue to park that away in a savings account so you've got that money available uh, for whatever you might need it for along the way, but then it also could be there as you know funds to be able to cover uh, these expenses at that point uh, rather than paying for a, a policy when you probably have the assets. It's just a matter of making sure they're readily available. Um, I wouldn't be opposed to prepaid uh, funeral expenses as long as you do your homework on that. I mean, uh, these funeral homes can go out of business. Uh, if you wanted to change your plans, in some cases, they're not portable, uh, moving from one state or funeral home to another. Um, you know, so there there is a limited amount of flexibility. There's also often some hidden charges. Um, so I would just do your homework as to what decisions you're making, what, uh, you know, the strength of the, uh, the funeral home that you're uh, committing this money to and making sure that you really are committed, uh, you know, to the plans that you're making now. And if you did change your mind, what options you have. So I, I like the idea clearly of you pre-planning and taking that burden off of your loved ones at an already difficult time. Um, and I like the fact that you'd have that, you know, already covered in a lot of the decisions made. I just want to make sure you go into it asking a lot of questions so that you understand exactly what you're getting into. Does that make sense? Certainly that does. Someone had told me, though, that there was a system in place where the state will guarantee the funds if a a funeral home goes out of business, that it would be um, backed up by the state. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I'm not uh, familiar with that, and that may be, you know, on a state by state basis that that uh, is the is the case. So I would be interested to look for your state uh, whether that's um, you know something that's in place there. I'm I'm not available. I'm I'm not aware of that being available nationwide. Okay. All right. So doing my homework, but it'd be a good question like a to ask idea. as you do your homework. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Hey, thanks for calling today, Barbara. We appreciate it. To Spokane, Washington. Hi, CJ. Go ahead. Hi, thank you. Um, I had a question about um, saving for my kids. Um, I, have, I have four younger kids, and we're I'm in a position where I've been blessed that I can start saving money for them. Um, but I'm not sure if they're all planning on college, and uh, I know I like that savings vehicle for it. But I don't I, I don't want to be locked into that if they're not going. Is there anything that I yeah. can do? Anything better or anything like that? Well, I think the key is to recognize the limitations on any of these types of accounts. So one is a 529 college savings, but you're right. Unless you were taking it out on a pro rata basis for scholarship awards or grants, the money really has to be used for qualified educational expenses or else you're not going to get the benefit from it. So if you want it more widely available than college, you probably don't need to put it in a 529. You'll also hear when it comes to kids a lot about what's called a custodian account. The challenge with that type of account is that um, you uh, it becomes the child's asset at the age of majority. So whatever that is in your state, typically 18, uh, it's automatically their asset. So if they want to buy a sports car, they can buy a sports car. If they're making you know the poor lifestyle decisions at that point, it could accelerate that. Uh, if they're not financially mature, just in terms of their ability to handle money, which many 18 year olds aren't, um, you know that would potentially create problems. So the easiest way to go about this, uh, CJ, is just to open um, an account for each one of the children 
uh, in your name or jointly, if you're married, you and your wife would open accounts. And you could open different accounts for each child, and, and essentially you'd earmark one for each child, but it's still your asset. You control it. And then I would make a systematic investment into the account um, every month uh, or a lump sum if you've got it, and then you'd have to decide how you want to invest it. If it's money that, because they're young, is 10-plus years out, I would probably put it in the stock market, especially now with it being down. A robo-advisor would be a great solution. It's low cost. It would automatically rebalance it among the investment options every time you make a deposit, and there wouldn't be any transaction costs. I would look at Betterment or the Schwab Intelligent Portfolios. We'll be right back. Stay with us. If the heavy burden of debt is robbing you of freedom and peace of mind, Christian Credit Counselors can help. We're a nationwide nonprofit credit counseling organization that has helped over 300,000 individuals in the last 27 years get out of credit card debt 80% faster while honoring that debt in full. To learn how Christian Credit Counselors can help you, visit ChristianCreditCounselors.org. That's ChristianCreditCounselors.org. Or call 800-557-1985. We're grateful for support from Movement Mortgage, who provides residential home loans in all 50 states. Guided by a mission to love and value people and a goal to redefine the mortgage process, Movement seeks to help others achieve their financial goals. You can find out more at movement.com slash faith. Movement Mortgage LLC supports equal housing opportunity in MLS number 39179. For licensing information, please visit nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Welcome back to Faith and Finance. I'm Rob West. Let's head right back to the phones to Ohio. Hi, Stacy. Thanks for calling today. How can I help? Hello. Um, I've been hearing a lot about the um, the cashless society, and um, it's. I think they're calling it Fed now. And uh, I, they were talk, talking about your money, and they were going to just all of a sudden tell us that we can't use cash any longer, and. What's going to happen to our money that's in the bank, and and how how do we convert that, and and how do they roll that over to wherever they're guiding us or directing us? Yeah, well, there's there's pieces of truth in that, and then there's just a lot of falsehoods out there with regard to what folks are hearing and what's being said on the internet about FedNow and digital currencies and where it's all headed. So let me try to uh, bring some clarity to this for you. Uh, FedNow is launching, um, and basically that's a payment system that's going to allow you to facilitate payments through the Federal Reserve. So it's like the current payment systems that are out there. It's a digital payment system. The reason that it's being created is it's going to be more uh, efficient for uh, timely transactions. Uh, but the FedNow process has nothing to do with what's also being discussed, and that is a central bank digital currency, which is basically uh, you know, where we would have a digital dollar, but where it would run through uh, the central bank. Um, that's still a long way off if it ever happens. The reason is uh, it's going to take um, Congress before we would ever see that. Congress is charged with coinage in this country according to the Constitution. So the Fed can't do that. The Treasury can't do that. It would actually take Congress and the president for us to have a digital dollar. And there's real problems with that idea. 
in that uh, the Fed would have access to all of your transaction information, know exactly how much money you have, where it's being spent. And that kind of infringement on our privacy is something that a lot of folks have real concern with, uh, myself included. And so I think we're going to have significant debates about this before we would ever see that come to pass. And it's a good way off. China's been working on theirs since 2016, and they're still in a beta phase um, we just got the latest um, first step of the research on this uh, last year where the, our own, the U.S. government has begun to look at it, but it's still very, very early. So I think the bottom line is, uh, could we have a central bank digital currency down the road? Yes. It's fraught with problems. There'll be a lot of debate in Congress before it ever sees the light of day. And it's completely different than the Fed Now program, uh, which is essentially a payment system uh, to facilitate transactions. Is that helpful? Well, yes, it is. It, it, it is. Coming from you, it's very helpful. I, I, I to get myself on a debt and I'm debt free. And, and, and now I have my cash and, and I don't want them to mess with my cash. <laughs> yes, I understand. Well, nobody's going to mess with your cash quite yet. So I think you're in a pretty good spot. I'm glad to hear. I, I couldn't hear everything you said there, but it sounds like you're debt free. That's great. I would just continue on this track and uh, see what you can do to learn how to manage money God's way. In fact, if you want to stay on the line, I'll send you a copy of Howard Dayton's book, Your Money Counts, that I think will be an encouragement to you, help you continue to grow in your understanding of God's way uh, of handling money. We appreciate you being on the program today, Stacey. Uh, to Crystal River Florida. Hi, Karen. Go ahead. I, this is about my ties, and I drew out money from my 401k to go on my 70th birthday with my husband to Italy and to Greece. Now I'm thinking, should I tithe on that money that I drew out to go on my vacation? I don't want to, I don't want to short God, you know, and, and with my tithes. Yeah. Well, I certainly appreciate your desire to be found faithful in your giving. If you're applying the principle of the tithe care, I mean, you can never outgive God, so it's never a bad idea to give. But if you're applying the principle of the tithe specifically to this money, uh, you know, that's not your increase. So if you have money in a savings account and you withdraw it uh, just by virtue of you taking it out, that doesn't mean that you've received an increase. It just means that you've taken money out. Uh, the, applying the principle of the tithe to an increase would be when you receive money as either from your job as a part of your compensation, maybe you receive an inheritance or a gift. You could even you know look at Social Security or a pension um, as your increase, and you would give a tenth of that. But essentially, money that you've already uh, received, you've already tithed on that money. And so by virtue of you pulling it out of a savings account and spending it on a vacation doesn't really uh, allow the, the principle of the tithe to come into play. Does that make sense? That'll make me feel a lot better. Thank you so much. Okay, very good. Yeah. Well, listen, happy right. birthday in advance, and uh, thanks for being right. on the program today. We appreciate it. Uh, let's head to uh, Pennsylvania. Go ahead, Patricia. I'm calling because my my husband and I are contemplating buying a home that uh, so we would be closer to our son. It would be a second home. Um, I've retired, but he has four years left to work, and we're wondering if now is the time to... Uh, take that mortgage and um, take some money out of our 401 or uh, Roth IRA to pay for the home. I see. All right. So give me kind of a quick rundown of where you're at. So what is your age? My age is 65. Okay. My husband? husband is 61. 
Okay, and how long do you all plan to continue to work? Uh, he's going to work four more years till he's 65. I retired. Okay, very good. And what do you have in the way of investable assets inside your all of your retirement accounts together, roughly? Uh, about $1.9 million. Okay, all right. And um, do you own your current home free and clear? Correct. We, we have so no you, debt. You have no debt. All right, very good. No and what debt. would you be looking to spend on this second home? Um, probably about 350000 Okay. All right. Very good. And how much of that 1.9 is in the, the Roth? Um, about uh, 450000 Okay. And are you uh, pulling an income from any of those retirement accounts, or are you just living solely on your husband's income? We just live solely on my husband's income. Okay. And do you have enough surplus where you could absorb this mortgage on the 350000 if you had to take that? Yes. Okay. Uh, do you all really have a conviction to be debt-free, or would you be interested in taking on a mortgage and then paying it down over time? Well, we'd like to, we have a conviction for being debt-free, but we're worried about taking out uh, money out of our savings that's for our retirement. Sure. And what kind of income stream are you going to need in retirement alongside Social Security once your husband stops working? Do you know roughly how much you're going to need per month? Probably about five, $6,000 a month. Okay. All right. You know, you should be fine with that. I mean, it's, you know, if you took 4% a year on 1.9, and that's prior to whatever growth will occur over the next four years, uh, you could generate $76,000 a year. So I think you guys are in pretty good shape. I would just talk to your CPA about the best way to do it from a tax standpoint. That may be to take it out of the Roth. It may be uh, the, uh, the pre-tax money. But I think you're going to be in great shape. Uh, you know, no problem to go ahead and, and pay for this out of cash. Hang on the line. We'll talk a bit more off the air. That's going to do it for us today. I hope you'll make plans to join us again next time for another edition of Faith and Finance. Faith and Finance is provided by FaithFi and listeners like you. Yeah.